morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. Oh boy. What a morning. What a morning. I know. You you've had a hot tub morning, apparently. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't I, in the hot tub though. <laughs> yeah. Except I wasn't in it. Um, let me just lay it out for you. So both my husband and I went out last night separately. I had a work event. He went to a concert. Mm-hmm. Usually he does the morning shift, right? Like helps to get the little one ready. Yeah, mine does too. Right? This morning, he didn't want to wake up. Fine. I get it. You went to a concert. You're a little hungover. Chill out. So then he has the fucking nerve. He went in the hot tub this morning. And then when he came back, he's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you prioritizing our daughter, like getting her ready? Mind you, not only was I getting her ready, I was feeding the dogs, like cleaning up, like doing like 10 things at one time. And I'm like, are you no sexual favors for at least? No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm like, you better march your ass right back in that hot tub. Do not come inside. I don't want to see you. Yeah. My husband does the mornings too. Um, and it's pretty amazing because I'm not an early riser and I have tried for the last 39 years to be an early riser. I just, I just cannot do it. And I, I refuse to do it. So, um, my kids walk into the bedroom and they just yell hairbrush because he really can't do that part of the getting them ready. So I brush their hair, put it in a braid and then I go back to bed <laughs> like, because they get up at 6.15 and I'm like, I they have to be out the door by seven. So they're out by seven. I sleep till like 7.45 and I'm up for the day. <laughs> Tammy, you mean you're not a morning person? I'm, I, I'm not. Did I say I'm a morning person? I'm not a morning person. Anyway, let's ask our next guest yes. who I'm actually really excited because maybe they can give me some pep in my step yes. um, and get, make us feel better because the last time we spoke mm. to them, we laughed so hard that we had to like cut out so many <laughs> sections of the podcast of us laughing. So, you know, let's let's do a round two. Who do we yeah. have today? Oh, we are so excited. We have our podcasting soul sisters back on with us today. <laughs> from Can- Canada. From Canada, the Canucks. Um, we love our girls. Like we have the best time with them. It's like girls night out. Every time we like sit down yes. and talk to them, we just need like uh. our cocktails. And if it wasn't nine in the morning here, I'd have my margarita, you know? So without further ado, let's welcome Kat and Yeah. What time is it there for you guys? Uh, 12, 12. It's, it's okay. not enough time in the day is what it's called. It's like, it is, we don't even look at the clock because then you just get a panic attack that you're like on D-Day to pick up the kids. So you I, feel, I feel that way too. I feel like there's just, by the time you drop them and I go back to sleep, by the time I wake up, um, it's just, you have to leave by like, well, I do, we do at 2.30 yeah. to do the first mm-hmm. pickup and then yes. the second pickup's at 3.30 and you guys yeah. have for the two kids. So it's like, I can't even imagine what it's like. And it just isn't enough time. I'm glad you said that because I thought it was just me. Yeah. No, 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 not enough time. And you know, it's just getting more and more. Like, I feel like I did have time before a little bit, but now it's just like, it's just go, go, go. And then, yeah, the pickup is so freaking early. Like Hmm. two things I do, I, I, you know, number one, that when I, when I wanted to wake up this morning, like you guys were talking about waking up, I just, I don't want to get out. It's so cozy and warm. It's still black outside. But then I, I like pull up my phone and I see some people doing stories on Instagram and I know they're on Eastern standard time. And I can see that they posted like, you know, an hour and a half ago and they're like having their coffee or doing their workout. Uh, And I'm just like, I like, like you, Tam and I, 
I wish I could be that person. Like the person's like, I get up before my kids. So I have my coffee. I do my workout. So I'm totally organized when they wake up. I love that idea. That sounds like a really organized plan. Um, but it, it never really happens. And then at the end of the day, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's pick up so early and then just constant driving them around to everywhere. And then, and then it's, and then I'm ready for bed at like 730. Pat <laughs> and I text each other. We're like, is it bedtime? bedtime. Like I could, I could get Are we done? <laughs> yeah. Like dead. Right. I mean, there's like, no, I like no energy. Dead. Like I, and especially like even in the morning, like after coffee, I'm like, why do I still feel tired? Yeah. Because you drink coffee. I've got given up caffeine guys. I'm five years in. Five years in, and I will tell you, I've had I've only had two kids. I know you guys have had more than that, but two is more than enough. (laughs) First one, I was exhausted, like really exhausted. That postpartum had postpartum depression, anxiety. Um, felt like I was like dying. I was like, this is what death feels like. Yes, I didn't have caffeine with the second, and yes, I probably had more of a support system, and I definitely made sure that I had meals prepared, so I was more prepared for the second. But I would say that the caffeine is so great for me in the first hour it happens. And then it just over time crashes my energy levels. And then I'm consistently trying to find that high again, trying to get that energy. And what it does is it it depletes your adrenal glands. So over time you need more of the same thing to feel the same energy Mm -hmm. that when I give myself a B12 iron, I I know I sound like one of those moms that you hate in your Instagram, but if I do a B12 and an iron, um, in the morning, I don't have, I don't feel tired anymore. When you say a B12. Take a sip of my diet coke Sorry. while we talk about <laughs> Go get your caffeine. Here's the beans like greens. Here's my greens. Oh, she drinks those too. She drinks those too. But when you say, um, what did she say? Adrenal glands, vitamin B12. Oh, B12. I'm- How do you take your B12 as a pill? So I take my B12 as a chewable. Now, B12 is not created equal. There's two types of B12. Um, and one gives you more of the jitters and anxiety because it's like a, it's it's definitely an upper. Mm-hmm. And then the second one still gives you energy, but it's like a, it's a sustained release. They're, they're, they're two different types. And so I've found one, I can let you guys know after this podcast, but I found one that I take every morning and my migraines have actually reduced to once a year when they were used to be once a month, because there's a huge correlation between B12 deficiency and headaches and migraines, but B12 is huge. And so much of us are deficient. was a doctor slash pharmacist. I loved it. <laughs> I actually want to go back to school for it because it's kind of weird in it. Well, I actually, I have a I degree. Had, <laughs> I had my blood tested a few months ago and they were like, your B12 is so low. And this is like, always said this to me. Like when I was younger, like, do you have such low energy? Your B12 is really low. I never did anything about it. So then when the, when the doctor tells me to take the B12, mm. um, I, I take it for like two days and then I forget. And so like, so we should be, so the doctor yesterday was like, should we recheck your blood and see? I'm like, well, maybe we should actually recheck the blood when I take a B12 take for more than mm-hmm. days. Because obviously nothing's changed. But I mean, I love the idea of feeling like I have even more energy, but I, you know, I have to take it like, I take my other medication. I just feel like it's kind of like optional, you know, but it's obviously not. Yeah. I mean, it is optional. It just depends on, you know, D D as well. Like there's a 93% um, common denominator of women who have miscarriages have a D3 deficiency. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alicia Vitti, who's this huge, amazing hormone specialist, came on the podcast and just said, like, if women just knew that to start, and yes, of course, infertility is real. But if we just started them on like, let's, let's, triple your vitamin D levels before we even start to get pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, there could be vastly different results if we just kind of 
try certain natural things before we go any other route but um, is Roxy, Roxy you're so you're such a good um I don't know if you guys show this in like video but Roxy's ooh, she's so oh. good <laughs> yeah. that's why I love you're her as my so podcast good. partner oh. this is, I'm such an active listener that I'm always like ooh, ah like and I'm like is it weird that I like I'm so expressive. Like I love, I'm not I love saying it. anything. I'm actually I can barely listen because I'm watching you like, whoa, it's like your Vanna for you. Everyone needs a rock scene to really react. Imagine you walked around and you were like, whoa, I love it. I, sometimes I sometimes I catch myself when I'm watching TV or watching someone talking and like, or I'm like watching a public speaker and I feel like I'm trying to help them out as well. And then I see myself <laughs> moving, no one else yeah. is moving, and I'm like, just relax. You're not speaking. It's fine. Yeah. I Roxy, I'm here for it. I'm she also laughs at everything too that I say, so I I feel great all the time. <laughs> and she doesn't even like rap; like she just sits and like, whoa, doesn't even like you know. I love it. It's so okay. good. This is, and also I'm like sitting on my hands right now too, because I like to like move around a lot. So I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I gotta... no, do it. I want to see it. It's okay. really a good okay. time on this end. Yeah, yeah. You should want to see it, but you don't want to hear it. You don't want you don't want to be like boom, 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 boom every time. Yeah. Rox is like my B twelve and vitamin D is great, guys. I am doing fine over here. I have a ton of energy. I move my hand. We're good. Now let's talk about blowjobs, can we? Or what? Like, well, let's talk about lack of blowjobs because I'm definitely not. When's the last time you got a blowjob, Roxy? After well, she's like. And then I asked her I can't remember it, but he's definitely not getting one now after this morning. Well, Roxy, has it been years? I, no, no, it's been like probably a couple months, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, me yeah. too. Me oh, too. Yeah, me too. maybe and I can stretch it out in two years. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna keep stretching that. Yeah. It's so funny that your husband was maybe a little bit hungover and yeah. went in the hot tub because I find that when my husband's hungover, he also likes to go in the hot tub. But the other thing about being hungover, and I would love to know like your guys' perspective. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I'm when I'm hungover, I I, I don't want to even consider it until like 24 hours. But men get like horny when they're hungover. Oh, I don't know if they I think do. it's gonna cure them. You do. I, I haven't been hungover in probably like five years, but um, oh. like that's why you have so much energy. <laughs> um, but I get really turned on when I'm hungover. What? what? Like, no. Yeah. Like, why? no. Why? I mean, I get turned on by everything. <laughs> the wind blowing. <laughs> I think it's all the B12 and the D guys, I swear. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to. But gonna, no, I'm I get pop. very like sex after a big night out is mind-blowing to me i mean she's amazing right like <laughs> I'm not. I, just can't, I mean i'm like literally like nobody touch me nobody yes. talk to me yes like yes everything is annoying but the, the thing that yes. would like even the thing that would like turn me on before about mm. no it's annoying it's gross i don't want to hear it i don't want to see it i just want to go to bed and wake up the next morning and then we can consider yeah exactly well, it depends and on then, how big the hangover is if i'm gonna like throw up then then no, but, but normally what? what happens is the hangover, it gives you like, you're very sensitive. So everything's sensitive. So maybe you should just try it. But I'm too busy <laughs> in the kitchen. I'm too busy in the kitchen eating everything all day long. I know. I know. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like a sloth because I just ate all that McDonald's and I can't move. So like, I'm sure it all, you know what, we'll just get some B12 and some D and I'll be a new woman tomorrow. <laughs> it all plays in, right? I mean, it's, mm. it's. It's not I notice I get very so my husband's been working out a lot more and so he's really into being sexual and I realized that there is a thing about 
blood flow and the more you work out and the like even like weights weights is really great for testosterone even for women so when you're lifting weights and then you have sex afterwards your orgasms are a lot stronger because you have all this testosterone going through your body but you'll notice that when you exercise your orgasms are a lot stronger than when you don't and especially like the day of exercise like don't wait like three days <laughs> you're like all the benefits are gone but um but yeah the sex will be a lot better you know, I, you know, when you were like, you used to watch, like, I don't know, I, think, I assume you guys do watch Oprah all the time. Yeah. Like when she had her show. Right. And so, mm. so many of those, you know, I was like, you know, we were like young girls when we were watching this, but I wouldn't miss an episode. So many of the things that I learned on that show, because I guess it was a time when I was learning about life and, you know, she was, she was exposing us to everything. I'll never forget the interview when John Travolta came on with his wife, Kelly, and John had just transformed his body from being just like whatever to what, for whatever movie it was or forever looked really, really fit. And I remember her saying, he's like, he's like an animal in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And this was before testosterone. I had Yeah. But you know what? When I got my blood tested... <laughs> so funny because we always cat always says that like like sometimes i can be like kind of a dude and my so when my doctor told me that my testosterone was like you know like higher than some women who are like yeah. of course that's a dude. <laughs> but i'm not a horny dude so i gotta figure that out wait are we doing I, shower are we doing showers after we work out before sex or are we not showering well, don't say we when you're looking at me. <laughs> you're all just staring at each other. Sex. <laughs> Dr. Tamman will now answer this question. Yes, Dr. Um, Tamman, it doesn't tell. really matter, but if you okay. don't want, no, this sounds, this yes, sounds so clinical, but if you shower before sex uh-huh. and after sex, it's mm-hmm. almost like a very, like almost a minuscule risk that you'll get any kind of infection, like a yeast infection or a urinary tract infection. So I definitely shower after not necessarily before because you never know when the moment hits but if you shower <laughs> after like i haven't had an i haven't had an infection down there in years because i just shower afterwards i just have to pause here for a minute you just mean clean your vagina like you full showering does not clean yeast off your like you're not cleaning your face for your vagina unless you eat no no vagina, i go into I don't the shower know. and then i put like the the hosey thing like i make sure that it's like all washed and watered in there so it's really and like the sometimes i'll just have a t-shirt on still just try not to get my t-shirt wet but okay. as long as like that whole section in there is like all cleaned up <laughs> I just okay, want to make sure people know they don't just step in a shower and they won't get a yeast infection. I think we have to no. wash your hair and you won't get a yeast That's infection. I mean. No, Shower you got to wash, you got to wash the things. Yeah. I'm also I getting a pee. Yes. Right. You have to pee. And I'm also getting a visual yeah, of pee. salmon with a t-shirt on in sometimes the shower. I have a t- sometimes I have a full just head of makeup yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my hair done. I saw sometimes that I too. Just jump I in the bath that. and just like wash it all, wash it all out. Yeah. And this is going out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on oh come it. on damn it's that's the good part you know always i know <laughs> it's so good okay wait speaking of sex i have a question for you guys because this i think this happened like last week my daughter and i were like getting you know i was getting ready before bed and oh. like you're we reading stories and somehow like having babies came up and she was yeah. like how old is she eight Okay. Nine, nine, nine. So she was like, mommy, she goes, 
because she knows I had a C-section. So basically she knows like the like basics of it. She's like, she knew she was cut out of my stomach. So she goes, mommy, I don't want to have a baby because I don't want somebody to cut me, you know, in half to like pull yeah. a baby out basically. Yeah. And yeah. I like paused for a minute and I'm like, is now the time to kind of tell her? Yes. Don't break us through the vagina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because she doesn't know about sex yet, I think. I don't know. But I was like, is this the moment to like jump in and tell her about it? Or like, but I just kind of let the moment pass because I didn't do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she doesn't know that about these things. So she doesn't know that babies can come out of the vagina. No. no. Oh, see. Okay. Well, she might. Okay. Well, maybe she wants to hear from you. I feel she might have heard. She's probably it gonna hear it. Yeah. Yeah. She's gonna hear it somewhere. So I'm like, is or on YouTube? YouTube will let her know. There will be some weird <laughs> video that pops up before the video. She really uh -huh. looks for. Yeah, no, I mean, we have sweet, I mean, we talked about our, cause our kids are like a range of ages. And right. so, you know, basically when we were talking to our eldest about sex, we were talking to our youngest about sex because okay. that's just the way it was. Mm -hmm. And Kat had a great coffee table book. <laughs> wasn't supposed to be a coffee table <laughs> what is book. This book. Yeah, we need the book. No, book. You know what's going to blow your mind? It's actually for four plus and it's called um, something historic. I have to find it for you, but it's, um, it is like actual age appropriate. It was and so good. It shows like people having sex mm -hmm. in bed mm -hmm. and, but it's for four plus and there's a seven plus, which is like, you feel very behind. And then there's a 12 plus, which actually I got to go get all of those. I need to get all of them because I stopped at seven plus and all, you know, because the kids came over and had play dates and would take it to the room and I'll go read it. So like I'm the mom <laughs> who's basically debunking the myths. So all like, the mom hates you. All the other mothers. That's, that's my biggest fear is that I'll teach my kid about sex and everyone will be like, Phoenix taught my daughter. <laughs> told us about set and then they'll just be ostracized i know not think at it's all a favor actually yeah like you're really too. you know i had someone in my family and they have three children i won't say who it is but the boys were like in grade six and didn't know what a boner was and i was like and our kids just be like oh look you got a boner and i was yeah. like, you know <laughs> a few problems number one i think is adults we need to really think that if they don't know anatomy they can't tell people to not touch their anatomy and, and I think that we, including family members, including people you don't expect. And I think we try to like protect them, but I'm like, the, they're going to know. And we know 13 and 14 year olds who are definitely um, touching each other sexually and yeah. making out and having sex. So at what point, yes. And that's, that's a fact. And that's like in our circle. So at what point are you, when are, how do you go from eight to 13 with not knowing what, like it's, it comes fast and furious. So I would rather, you know, just be really, op really open, maybe too open, but yeah, you know, it is just I mean, the conversation that happens. My mom had a baby when I was, um, when I was seven. And so she sat us down. So seven. So, okay. So I guess I was in grade one and then I think it was grade two. My mom <laughs> sat down and she was like, okay, Natalie, when, um, the baby's asleep, we, um, I have like a present for you or something, right? Or I have something for you. So I assumed she'd like bought me a new top or like whatever. And while she was bathing my baby brother, I looked in the bag and it was the sex books. And I was like, fuck this is happening like in my little breakthrough head so we went downstairs and she basically it was called um it was called the what was it called but I know they have videos about it now but the second one's called what's happening to, where did I come from and what's happening to me and oh, mine was it's not the story 
it's not, not the stork. stork. I remember it now. And they actually have, because some parents, like my mom was very, like she, she sat down, we could ask anything. It was very factual. And then, uh, but they do make videos of it now for parents who aren't as comfortable because it can be really awkward to, to do it. Luckily, <laughs> Kat and I have done it together. And, you know, I, you know, basically Kat kind of will say it and then I'll answer some questions. But, um, but uh, there's lots of ways to do it. But I will tell you something in grade two, when my mom told me about sex, I I didn't tell her, but I already heard all about it from Kristen Taylor. Mm -hmm. okay. She sat beside me, told me Taylor. about blowjobs. She told me about sex. So I pretended I didn't know, but everything my mom had told me wasn't news. And also, not to scare you, Roxy, crazy, right? But sometimes when they're asking you questions, it's to factualize, not to actually because they've heard it. Mm -hmm. So they're fact checking with you. Yeah. And if you're not checking the facts, then yeah. they'll go to other sources. So Fair. as a parent, you you want to be the fact checker rather than everybody else. Because for sure the conversation of vaginas and babies has have come up. Yeah. And they just because everyone has um, a, sometimes an experience with it, whether it's an aunt, an uncle, you know, so, or her friend. She's like, yeah. yeah, I came out of my mom. It's like she got cut open, and then yeah. another kid's like, um, what? Because <laughs> the other kids never heard of that. Right. Um, but then the other, the other, the other thing is, is that whenever they come to you and ask you something, you can, depending on their age, you can answer what they ask, and you don't need to go further at a certain point because often, like Kat said, often they're asking because they're fact checking. So that's all they need to know at that time. I mean, my Whoa. daughter's nine, Rox. Is Bray not? So Phoenix is asking. She's saying like sex. She said that the other day. She randomly said sex. And I was like, well, what did you mean? She's like, oh, I just heard that they were having sex. And I was like, okay. And then I just wasn't prepared for oh. it because I want to have, make sure I have my like cliff notes and like <laughs> yeah. written it out. <laughs> not to damage her because I feel like I damaged her a little bit when she was five because that's when she had a sister and I was all into this like home birth experience, which I didn't have. Um, and all these like videos of like home births. And I was like, look, honey, this is a home birth. This is what we're going to experience. And it totally traumatized her. And she's like, I never want a baby again. That's horrific. And I was like, oh my goodness, I wasn't meant to. I was just trying to show her and prepare her for what was about to happen because she might hear me screaming or whatever, but that's okay. You know, the baby's coming out. And so I just don't want to do it wrong. And I kind of think about like when I learned about sex was not from my parents. It was yes, most people it was from my school. And it was about this is what sex is. You will get pregnant or get an STD. You must abstain. Uh, you must use protection if you end up being a bad little girl who does it at grade seven. Um, no one will like it was just such a it was very Guilty. traumatic. It was so guilt. It was so shame laden. Mm -hmm. And like, we never, we had a sex therapist on here recently and she talked about like the pleasure of it too. And I think that's why a lot of women grow up and they feel so like ashamed to like ask, Hey, like that doesn't work for me down there. I'd prefer this. They don't even know what they want. They don't even try it themselves because we've been taught that it's such a shameful experience. So when I do talk about sex, I'm going to say to her and you'll enjoy it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but you do have to be careful because Mommy doesn't want to raise another kid at 14. Yeah. <laughs> <When you're> 14. <laughs> you know, we have the other thing where um, 
we we all openly talk within her family and my family. I'm talking about her brothers, the kids, and everything. So we were talking about um, vasectomies. So then you have to go into because they think at the beginning they think you have sex to have babies. That's what mm -hmm. you know. That's what they're taught. That's what they hear. And then you have to explain that you sometimes have sex for fun. And the reason you get a vasectomy is so you can just have sex for fun. And they're like, wait, and, what? And they were calling <laughs> it neuters. They were getting neutered. neutered. They're all getting neutered. And I'm like, that's not really neutered, <laughs> but okay. And then my husband and I went away alone, <laughs> and my kids are like, oh, they're going away because they want to have sexy time. <laughs> okay, can we do like a little role play here? Let's pretend like- Oh, yes, Roxy. What would you like me to be? Here. Yeah, let's do a little role play. Now, I roll in the room. Now, you guys, okay, fill in the blank and tell me how this should go. Mommy, where do babies come from? I would say, well, because I think that you have to be careful because babies come from all different places. Mm -hmm. Some babies come to you, but how babies are actually born is out of a woman's body and they can either have it through their vagina, which is a beautiful thing. And also through this, through your tummy, which some women have to do. Some women have, because there's also people with two dads, right? So that's confusing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean, I think I try to cover it all that like some, some comes, how, how you have a baby, how you actually have one. And then how one comes into your life are sometimes two different things because that can be confusing when they see two men. So I think that it's just, you know, you, you, you give birth just like everybody in the world came out of someone's vagina or stomach, including every animal you see in this entire world. Like when you really think about it, that's kind of mind blowing that we can't talk about it when everybody's here way of a vagina, everybody, or, you know, in, in a vagina or out, like there's no, or out of a stomach. So you just, know, it's not like, if you make it not a big deal, I think the minute we say they're way cooler than us, by the way, when you say it, they are way more chill and way smarter <laughs> and, um, like fact face. They might just be like, cool and move on. Or they might be like, what do you mean? And then you're like, yeah, your body's designed to push out a baby. It's really amazing. You grow a baby for nine months and then the baby lets you know when it's ready to come out. And and then you can also find an age appropriate, like a video, if you don't feel like saying it, say, hey, actually, you want to you want to see how a baby's made? Let's just watch this. And then you can have like a, like a YouTube video or something like on the ready that mm -hmm. explains like a man's sperm and a woman's egg goes together. They already get the book. It's not historic. And Roxy, it's never too late to go back and be like, hey, you asked me a question. I didn't have an answer, but now I have an answer for you. you want to talk about it now? Yeah, or not I, now? I have a book for you that might explain it better because I didn't have the words to explain it. And I think when you're when you're not always the expert, <laughs> I think it really builds a trust with your kid too that they she can come to you with something and then you can go back and actually have an answer for her that you thoughtfully thought of. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but circle back so she knows that you didn't just not answer in a question that might have been really important yeah. to her. That you are available. Good point. Good point. Now, about, like, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, what about like further, like maybe when they get older, do they ask about oral sex? Blow yeah. Like, so the schools what? actually, um, well, my daughter's school, I know, covers all of it from, they called it, um, what they call female head, they call it head, mm -hmm. was a proper medical team, female head, male head, what that was, um, how, like, the, the pleasure, all the orgasms, they covered, she did a PowerPoint presentation, they had to pick a topic, <laughs> and I, I think that, and our girls were like, you put it, why would you want to put that in your mouth, and then we're like, I don't know. And I'm like, people we don't like Well, <laughs> some people like it. So. And by way of TikTok, they're all singing like 
put it in your mouth and all over your face. Like they're singing the lyrics that they don't know about. So right. also that's something for them to be aware of too, is like all these, we're like, as a culture, it's everywhere, but we won't talk about it. It's mm-hmm. so crazy. So mm-hmm. it's trying to like make your home a safe place where you can have those conversations and they feel safe asking you because you want them to come with you when they make a mistake or when they have a question. So one of the questions that my husband and I were, you know, going over was, do you think that if you teach them about sex too young, that it makes them more curious and more promiscuous? For example, if you say a penis goes into a vagina, yes, sometimes it's to make babies, but sometimes it's to like, you get great pleasure from it, right? If I heard that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm like, I like chocolate. That gives me pleasure. What is pleasure? What is, if that feels good, like I want to know what that feels like and they might not be at an age that that's where they are mentally when when they're really young we make it like when they were really young we made it like a baby making thing yeah i don't think you need to go into pleasure <clears throat> until they're like maybe 12 and 13 yeah like i think you so hold hormones on. kick in yeah i think it's just it's you it's really facts like it's fact based and then when the when they're ready, which often the conversations will come up because their friends will bring it to them or someone will be interested in the boy, like boys or girls and, you know, crazy conversation. But yesterday we had a debate about virginity and yeah. then Kat said, what if you're a lesbian, do you ever lose your virginity? Right. Right. So you would never, yes. if the, the fact was. If the fact was that. So really, if you, like. Uh, so young people are having anal sex, they don't lose their virginity. Yeah. And I think other people <laughs> and some like everyone's really gender fluid and there's some people who will never experience um their like the other gender they'll just only be together with a female and I just think that you know the sex conversation is so much bigger than we know and our our children our teenagers are definitely way advanced than we are and I bet if you sat down and had conversations with them because it is my daughter has lots of girls in her class who are dating each other Mm -hmm. and it's they, them, and there's no labels. And I think that it, sexual fluidity is no longer, oh, let's, they're going to go seek pleasure with just a boy. I mean, they will seek pleasure everywhere, but that's part of the conversation is arming them with the information of their bodies and understanding what it means to them. But if they don't know their bodies, I, if they, I would way rather, most boys aren't going to be like, let's have, let's get naked and have sex. Like that's a very mature conversation no I don't see a grade three going to discover that you know I think innately they it's not right and then we also have the conversation obviously of consent and um, age appropriateness and all of that so that by the time they're ready to understand pleasure they all they they um, also understand like what age all that comes with Mm. you gotta do small steps to get to the big ones you can't just go from zero to a hundred but like knowing the basics are small steps and then you can build on them always been big about saying mm-hmm. the names of body like I can't stand it when I hear someone go your pee I just it's a vagina and my littlest is not even four yet and she can say this entire thing she says this is my body do not touch my vagina nipples or butt um because I need to give you consent I can give you a hug because I'm only old enough to do that and I she is three and a half years old and she can say that and I want her to know because you know it's disgusting how young some of these yeah. predators are preying on. And I want her to know what these body parts are to not be touched. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And I even said to her the other day, she was like, you know, this part of my body hurts and you never know what your yeah. kids are. Yeah. And I said, did anyone touch that part of your body? Mm. She said, no, they didn't. Cause she knows what it is. Um, it's just that, uh, my underwear or whatever. And so I was like, okay, so then I have the information because I've had, I've got at least a handful of friends who were sexually abused from five years old and it's yeah. shocking, you know, yeah, sure. and their parents had no idea because they weren't able to articulate it. Yep. That's right. So what do you guys think about sleepovers then? Because that's also like a hot topic, Zoom. right? Like people are like, well, I'm not going to let my little ones go on sleepovers because I don't know what's happening at the other house. Like, And you hear, and you hear, and you hear the stories, you know, yeah. like I would go to my, and our, our, the parents were best friends and mm -hmm. it could be the older brother and it could be the father. And you hear about this all the time. Um, lucky for me, my daughter hate sleepovers she doesn't like ever sleeping out so I didn't have to worry about uh her um I mean I think it's a big decision I think it's a big topic like there was a mom that went very viral on TikTok saying that she will not have her children go to sleepovers for this reason um I think it's like it's a personal choice that you you make because some kids are just really want to have a sleepover at their best friend's house they, it's mm -hmm. like it's a dream for them right so I mean for me I we don't have a lot of we don't do a lot of sleepovers definitely not my daughter so I mean, you have to worry. It's not just a daughter situation, too, right? It's mm -hmm. it's 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 males too. That it's like young boy. My rule is kind of like I, I want to know the family really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I also oh the other thing, what about your kid being able to have access to phone. you without asking? Yeah, so I was gonna phone. say they have to have a phone with them mm -hmm. and they have to know how to use it. So my rule was kind of like, do you know how to actually text me and say, I want to come home. Like mm -hmm. I'll pick you up at any time. Um, so that's a big one. I think, I think like, mm -hmm. you know, cause, and then that goes like, how old should your kid be when they get a phone for us? It was always like, as soon as our kids are old enough to use a phone, we want them to have them so that at any time, if they're in a situation, they can contact us and we can be there. So, so when, you know, like her daughter went for a sleepover, she, her daughter who's in grade one with time when she was a great one, one she had something to contact cat so that she didn't have to go to the mom or dad at 11 o'clock at night and say can i call my mom yeah mm. so those are kind of my because i also don't want to be really i think that we can get really fear-based right now in society and after when we were in lockdown for two years mm. and i i do want my children you know some of the best memories are sleepovers and you know i think that you just have to teach your kids the right, like the words, the things, their body, what feels, what's right, what's wrong, call me. You know, you have to, you have to, um, yeah, be able, I think the minute they can articulate themselves or access you, I think that that's a good, for me, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. for me, that was really my, for me. <laughs> I love it. for me, that was my big, um, yeah. point. And, and I'm, I, I'm okay with it now. Like, but you're never, nothing's ever a hundred percent foolproof guys. That's the mm -hmm. bottom line, you know, but, but we and it can happen within parents yeah. within your own house and you would never know. Yeah. So it is, but at the same time, we want our children to trust their community, you yeah. know? Yeah. And not just put so much fear in them. So I don't know. It's a tricky one. Hard one. It's hard because the statistics are like one in nine girls are sexually abused between the ages of 12 and 17, which is just when I heard but that. Damn it, by their boyfriends too, right? By yeah. like their friends, their guy friends. Like it's and not one in like 53 boys. So that's the difference between, I know we yeah. say like, you know, boys and girls are different, but one in 53 boys between 12 and 17 and one between uh, one, so one in nine mm. between the ages of 12 to 17. And they I, say I, one I, in four women under 18 are sexually abused at some point in some yeah. way. 
That's crazy. I mean, that's so high. It's just, it's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. But I, I do think that once we empower, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but our, I was actually aware I was going to do a podcast with Matt after this, just about like, um, the way of the, 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 the tones and the conversations that are coming out of the younger generation are so different than anything yeah. I've ever heard before. And, you know, my daughter came home yesterday and she's like, I'm tired. I'm not going to three hours of dance. My body hurts. My head hurts. I was in school <laughs> all day. I'm done. And she's Love seven, it. right? And I was like, Kim, and respect that. Do you think you could go for the two parts where you have to learn the dance? And she's like, yes, pick me up at six. I'm like, no problem. And her, son did, her son did the same thing. And I was like, if athletes are allowed to put in boundaries and be celebrated mm -hmm. and rock stars and all of these people are allowed to be celebrated be for putting in boundaries, but our children are not, they're like, you know, yeah. it's like, they're not allowed to be, we got to catch up down here because everyone else is up here doing it. And as adults, and we're like, no, nah, you got to suck it up. And you know, you don't, don't yeah. listen to yourself. Just yeah, do what no, you need my to do. Yeah. Like, he's being a baby. And I was like, actually, I think he's being super strong and standing up for himself, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and you know, the other things that you guys would find is interesting as um, mothers to daughters is this summer, we hired an amazing um, self-defense uh, oh, instructor yes. to come work with that. Yeah. yeah, to work with our daughters. And it was like two full days. And, and it wasn't so much. It wasn't, it was really situational. So mm -hmm. like what they look for, like she was, um, she's in Texas. She's honest to God, it's the best money we've ever spent. And when she's actually on our podcast, if anyone's interested, her name's Gemma. And she's just like, she's with girls who fight. And she's just, she's a, she's a UFC fighter. MMA fighter? Oh. Um, MMA. X, X one. X and MMA then, fighter. But like it was, it was not just about how to, how to get up, getting out of um, situations, but also like your body language and things to look for just from people walking down the street. So you're prepared. Yeah. So the, it's always on the girl's mind. They told their brothers about it. And now they all kind of, now we'll go drive down the street and we'll see a girl who's kind of like hunched over on her phone and our kids are like, target, target. Yes, she, studied, <laughs> she studied what, um, because predators are looking for prey. And if you think yeah. about it that way and pray looks a certain way, they're not going to get a difficult. And friend. so they're mm -hmm. not looking at you because of the way you look. They're looking at you. How easy it's going to be. Are you a good target? So they're assessing you and then they're looking at how quickly can they disarm you? And if they mm -hmm. can disarm you, like it's not usually like grabbing They're like they can, if they can get in your space, you're, they know that you, the chances of, so she teaches them the minute someone comes up to you, you're walking back. Like, don't even let them get in your space. So, like, oh. when you're at a corner and someone comes up behind you, step three feet away. Like, don't even give them access to you, which I think is for everything. Like, even for sleepovers, you know, if if a, if, if a male brother's friend is coming up to you, no, space. I want space. You know, don't come near me. So, <laughs> I think of my niece. I have a niece and she's two. And if you come close to her, she goes, no. <laughs> and I'm, she hasn't learned self-defense but her natural thing is get yeah. out of my space and that's and what Gemma yeah. says you can look at them and go no stand back yeah. you know like you want directions ask them from there don't come near me you know so <laughs> we look I look at my brother and his wife and I'm like I, my first thought is like that's kind of rude and they're like that's her boundaries I'm like understand yeah I want to I want to kiss her face off and squish her cheeks but I understand well, that is outside of what she's comfortable yeah. with yeah you can apply this to husbands too. Like step the fuck like that. Step away. Space. Stay away. No case today. Fascinating <laughs> what you say about being rude because like my whole life has been to be a people pleaser. And I was a child actor and I was so worried that 
me coming in sick or in a bad mood would affect all these people around me. And I still now in my late thirties, am a people pleaser. I cannot stand just showing up to a place. And if I don't have anything to say, don't say anything or don't have to go say hello to people. And it's exhausting. And Mm -hmm. I worry that my own issues and insecurities is bleeding all over my kids because I don't like it when, you know, and my husband's very old school and we've had to have a lot of therapy sessions about it. Like if someone walks into your space, you say, hello, you're nice. You, you're not rude to them. You don't walk away. Like you look at them in the eye and all these things about like being what we were taught is respectful Mm -hmm. and making sure everything's kosher. And you know, there's no negative feelings within the room. And I find it difficult when she acts out and that's my own triggers and my own trauma, but I want her to be nice. <laughs> funny. We just did a podcast on intergenerate intergenerational trauma and how we yeah. pass on and Tim and what you have was passed on from the way you yeah. were raised, which is passed on. And it's all, but there is, there is a way to stop it. But you know, when you're talking about that, I think about when I was younger and um, my mom's French Canadian. And when they, when everyone greets each other or says goodbye, there's a lot of like kissing and hugging. And it's like, kiss, kiss, kiss with men and women and children and everything. And men, I, women and children and dogs, everybody. <laughs> Like, like a grown man, like everybody, like a grown man would greet me as a little girl like that, and that's that was just part of their culture. And um, I always felt very uncomfortable. I still am not. I'm not a hugger. And I yeah. now I now it took me so long to be able to like say when people come into me like not in a mean way, but I'm not a hugger. Like you know, mm-hmm. like I can do this, but I don't like people in my space. But the amount of people that go, I don't care that you're not a hugger. <laughs> I'm still hugging you is outrageous. I do that to my kids. Like, I'm like, I know you don't want to kiss me, but I'm kissing you. I'm your mother, and I don't. No. Yeah. I want to do that, but it's like, like, if it was like you guys and you're like, I don't care. Like I, I, I have, I've never seen you a person. I want to hug you and, and you, and you gave it to me. But if I, if I have the choice and it's like, I, I'd rather just to, instead of cho- picking and choosing who I'm going to hug, yeah. I just like to say I don't hug. And I wish we'll that when I was hug. younger, because my I remember we would like be going to a party or a function and I would have so much anxiety, not like nobody knew it, but I was like, we're going to get out of the car and they're all going to come yeah. hug me. And then it was always the goodbye. And I would think about it from the moment I woke up in the morning, I'm like, they're going to yeah. say goodbye to me. And I hated it so much. I would try and hide in the car. My mom would pull me out of the car to go say, be polite and say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I had, I wish that I could have spoken up and said, to all these adults, I don't want to kiss you. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Irish exit, right? You like leave before you like have to say like the full reach. <laughs> I think I, I do that know. now. Ireland sounds great. I need to try this. I mean, I need to so I need to go there. I, I know. Know. I, would love to I, go I didn't there. know it's called Irish. We just call it like Houdini. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we'll be, yeah, like at a party or whatever, and you just vanish. You're like, where'd you go? I'm like, I said goodbye. Sure. What? Sure? Like, why? <laughs> you were drunk. You don't remember. Exactly. She's like, did I say goodbye to you? I'm like, yes, <laughs> four times. Four times. <laughs> I know. Tam is funny like that. She's like, will you walk me down? Remember the last time we were all- I hate like, being yeah. there. I hate you- arriving. I hate the time <laughs> I'm there. And I want to leave. Like, I get there. And the whole time I'm like, four minutes before we have to leave. Right. Oh, right. you're an introvert, Tam. And I get it. I'm you're an, an extrovert introvert. Like, I love, like, when I'm on set and I'm the lead of a film, bring it on. I love all of it. But I don't want to make- I- I'm a quite a deep person. So like, I don't, I don't like small talk. I don't want to, I don't care. I, if you yeah. tell me about your trauma, if we I first can't call meet, myself like- a deep person, but I don't like small talk either. Like I wouldn't clarify me as a deep, deep person, but I do hate small talk too. I'm the same. I want to know like 
you know, are you doing anal or is your husband? Yeah, you're in my core. Exactly. What's your trauma? What's your favorite sex position? And then we can be friends. But well, you guys can go to a party together, though, and you guys can talk to each other. We get on the the podcast. That's the problem. And this is why we all get along, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There we go. Right. I don't know. I just I'm I'm trying my best. I've I've really found that my three-year-old, four-year-old is like different kids are different, right? You guys know you've got more than one. And I find parenting my first quite challenging because in many ways she is a reflection of me. But when I was younger, I would get smacked if I spoke out of turn. So I just didn't speak out of turn. And she just pushes, like, she calls me bro. And I, I just want to like, <laughs> is this makes very normal, wanna... Yes. I get very like, Ooh. I just, she's like, very Hey bro. Normal. And I'm like, and I know she doesn't fully know, like, I just feel like it's disrespectful because of the way I was raised and like all the things that I have to deal with. You know, we, we, she loves theater. She loves theater so much. And she's got to audition for a part today and she won't even start. Cause she's hysterical. She's hysterical. Cause she's going to do it wrong. And so I'm very nice for about 30 minutes. I'm like, baby, you're gonna right. You're going to be great. You're so amazing. Let's do it. And then she'll start singing. She's like, stop looking at me. Stop. And then I get frustrated and I'm like, I'm done. I have more things to do than this. And it's all my she's shit, seven. Right? She's seven. She's not, she's just turned nine. So I'd say like, I was going to say seven or nine. That sounds very nine. That sounds it's very, very difficult. And then afterwards, we both had our blow ups that I apologize for mine. She doesn't for hers, which is fine. And then we're best friends again. It's just yeah. really difficult. And then my four-year-old is just eats blue cheese and oh, like gosh. she just takes herself to bed and she tells me that she needs something and what she needs and she sleeps through the night. And my first one bangs her head. It's like a self-regulating thing all night. All I hear is this banging. And I love her and she's my best friend, but fuck, it's hard. Yeah. You know what, Tamman, like right there, I'm assuming that um, sounds like you don't smack her when she speaks out of turn. No. So you're already breaking <laughs> some of the things. Don't that that I want to. Oh, I'm right there, right there, already doing a good job. <laughs> I mean, it's always a challenge, right? Like you're just kind of trying to wing it. Like that's what, I mean, every time I think I've mastered something, I'm like, oh, then a fucking like wrench gets thrown in. And I actually don't know what the fuck I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And it's just cobbling it together like day by day. Do you guys feel the same? Like, yeah. Yeah. But we're doing our best. I can honestly right. say, and it sounds like you guys, like when I go to bed at night, I am, I'm the best, I'm being the best mom that I can be. I'm trying my hardest. And I think a lot of moms are doing that. It's really hard when you compare yourself to other people that looks like they're doing it differently or better or more mm. successful or more perfect, but everyone's just trying to do their best. And that's good enough. Well, that's the thing too. When you're looking at social media, you're seeing other moms and it looks like, you know, it's a walk in the park and everything's so beautiful and perfect and curated and like everyone's hair's in place. And like the whole, I mean, do you guys find yourselves looking at that, but like being able to like place it, right? Like being able to place it or do you do it? I I think think we've met so many women who have been, because we're honest they're honest with us that we're like, we've never met anyone who's actually that perfect. So it's like before when we first were moms, we thought that those people existed. Mm -hmm. But now that we've been moms for like 13 years, met so many people on tour, um, really talked honestly to our neighbors and friends and they get talked back to us. Mm -hmm. You'll realize everyone's got something. Right. There's some shit. I think, I think also like, as you, you know, our content has changed. I think a lot of people have noticed that just in terms of, um, the 
ugh, how do you, you're, you, the, the older you get with parenting, the more shit gets thrown at you and you realize what actually is difficult and what's not. And yeah. I think that, I think that um, your bar becomes kind of like, everyone's like, oh, the third and fourth kid gets away with so much more because you don't have like the time or the patience. And I don't think that's true. I think it's because you learn and evolve and grow and you really see what's important rather than sweating the small stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, um, the little, like their moods don't impact us the same way anymore. They can't take us down as much. I mean, listen, the the teenager sass is like crazy, but you're also looking at like I mean, if you knew the issues on our plate right now are so much bigger than what they used to be. And I think that you just, you kind of grow up sadly in, in parenting in a really big way. And, you know, I feel like the, all of that stuff doesn't matter because you begin to look at your children and realize like, we're looking down a laneway where they're going to be leaving very soon. And what you have left with them is, you know, what, what do you want for the rest of those years? Like when we have 13 and 14 year olds who are, we have three or four more years left in the house. That's crazy. So like, do I want to be stuck in this pattern of, you know, they're, your whole job is to launch them and let them go. So the minute you shift that and let them like begin to let them go, which is sad, but it's true. You can look at them as people rather than yours. Cause they're not ours. They're, they're people. Mm-hmm. And you know, started something called the common parent. So you guys which, have to know about this, which is like a, a, a parenting group membership where we bring in experts like every other week, it feels like, and they talk about like quick topics that mm-hmm. give you tools, to, like work through it. And you know, what's coming is like, mental health, like serious mental health, like depression, like, you know, anxiety, like drugs, sex, the learning challenges our kids have over here is fucking crazy what we're, we're dealing with, you know, health issues. Like it just, it's so big that you almost have to bring your levelness down to here. Like your, your, what is it called? The energies, you know, some of like your reverberations have to go down. Like you, you can't stay here. And I think babyhood and toddlerhood is here. And then you have to kind of bring it down because they begin to level up, you know? Yeah. So you just got to kind of like calm down. And I think our content is now really about like joy, seeking joy and fun because we, and our relationship, because we want our children to remember that we were, that we are fun and happy people, even yeah. with them in the house. And I think toddlerhood and babyhood is all consuming mm-hmm. and you're so here you're so Mm -hmm. in yourself and you're so and then it lifts but it gets hard but you you kind of change a little bit and I think that you guys are on the cusp of seeing the change Mm -hmm. when your children become their own people and that's around Mm -hmm. nine or ten you'll begin to see them and it's now about connecting with them when they don't want to connect with you which is a very humbling experience because you have to parent them through a time when they don't want to be connected with you and you want to keep thinking to yourself but that's my baby yeah yeah it's not your baby anymore that's like i said to her i said to natalie recently i'm like oh my god we've talked about sex this is like to bring it back Mm -hmm. to sex but have we talked about that they're going to get in a relationship and they're someone's going to try to finger them do they know what that means like do they know what like you know going under their bra is going to actually lead to and like do they realize that that person that they're with is going to go one step and then when they let them go that they're going to go a step further and they're going to keep trying to get farther and farther and farther and I I also said, you know, we have to bring an expert into the common parent to talk about how do they know when they're ready for this? 
Like, how do we teach them that I'm not okay with this? Because when you love someone or really think you're in love with someone and they're making you uncomfortable, how do you say no to someone you don't want to make feel bad? Exactly. Like, how do you say, I'm not comfortable with this, but I really like you. And I said, the reality Mm -hmm. is they will be broken up with if they're not ready to do something Mm -hmm. that the other person is. That's a reality for them. And they have to feel comfortable in their boundaries too, like setting their boundaries, right? How do you teach that when you really have a big crush on that person? You really want to, you don't want them gone, but you don't, but you don't want to make out. You don't want to get fingered. What do you do? (laughs) You know, honestly, this is is where the two of us were when we, when we started the common parent and we are not the type of people who can sit down and read a whole bunch of books on how to raise teenagers lessons and all this. So we created this just so we could get like hot hits. Cole's notes. The Cole's notes, which is exactly how we got through school um on how to handle all these situations I've never felt like I I don't know where I would be without it because I wouldn't feel prepared for these situations because they throw things at you like curveballs and you have to sort of like you said like when she said um and yours is this is younger because the baby coming out of your tummy but it's like I want to be equipped for this stuff when it's like you know sex drugs alcohol like Mm -hmm. your friends are doing this and all that and I I do have to let you know that it is their biological nature to to separate from you and and hate you and that's they hate you so they can separate from you which is actually nature and we think we can change that we can't but how do you love someone who doesn't want to be loved but Mm -hmm. wants to be loved how do you do that and that's what we're trying to do is you have to when you're when you think they're so disrespectful how do you put everything you ever um all your ego and all of your own self stuff and put it aside to show up for the person and understand that you created where that behavior is coming from and it's not what it's 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 almost always not what it looks and sounds like it's and you wild. feel hurt you feel so hurt oh, it's hard not to be right hurt. i mean it's so hard and it's not, not about hurt. you and that's really what the common parents about is really helping the parents mm-hmm. understand the, their child's journey and from a perspective while connecting with them and we yeah it's we and it's, we wanted to make sure that we like we were um educated and equipped so we could still have fun because you know you hear about these people who are like oh my god teenagers are the worst my mm-hmm. house it's a war zone. No, I, it's all this yelling and it's horrible. And it's like, I don't want my, I don't want to be like that. I want to understand them more. I want to have a better connection with them. It's not going to be easy, but I still want to enjoy my life and have fun because yeah. there's other kids in the house too. And, and we all know one child can turn the whole house upside down. We all know that. What is like one child? Like it doesn't even have to be, it can ruin your relationship. You know, they can do a lot of, da- they can do a lot of damage in one household. Mm-hmm. You know, they can, they can hold a whole house hostage. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. find it hard because like for our podcast, we have, have these great experts on and so we get like these amazing one hour lessons from anything from sex to but fitness to ch- child rearing whatever it is do you find it hard then to impart that knowledge into your spouse because sometimes oh. like like I what I do is like I'm yes. I'm all about like I don't mm-hmm. believe in discipline right the word and we had this conversation Sean and I were like what do you mean you don't believe in discipline and I was like I believe in consequences for your actions mm-hmm. I believe in boundaries and I believe in solutions those are the things I believe in if she's going to keep doing something we'll tell her well if you keep doing it we can't go to the ice cream store because you know x y and z and then if she keeps doing it the consequences we don't go and i'm super chill about it i'm not screaming or yelling or whatever mm-hmm. he believes in like discipline go take a time out whatever it is and the problem is i can't say well this is not what this expert who i love said because who he doesn't have the time to go and then spend an hour two three four five 
processing all this information from these experts because he's just not on the zooms with me Mm -hmm. so how do you get your your partners to get without sounding like you're holier than thou because (laughs) i'm just like i I know it all what i what i try to do is we keep our we keep the hits really short like 30 minutes for kind of that reason Mm -hmm. and i will send him (laughs) that one podcast that i think is like really good like not all of them just like all of them are really good but one you know where it's really a lot of power a lot of power struggle issues mm-hmm. you know when they're trying to be like jerks and he buys into it I'm like oh god just ignore them they just does not do me mm-hmm. and I think you just we're actually this is really fun you're saying this we're going to bring in another expert into the common parent about when you're not on the same page of parenting right. How do you, um, how do you execute like that? How do you do that? Cause there should really be a parenting therapist for mm-hmm. you to both go and, and kind of the common parent is something you can watch together. And I think that's why we did it. I make I make him watch some of the webinars with me because it is important to cut to parent on a united front because otherwise it's mm-hmm. confusing for the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. And if you're divorced, <laughs> don't worry. It's, it is oh, resiliency yeah. too, right? If you parent differently, that's okay. Like yeah. that it doesn't always happen the kids do survive too. Yeah. But it's really hard because you're two totally different people fundamentally. You know, you grew up differently, like mm-hmm. everything. And I do feel that power struggle quite a bit because we have two, a lot of times, two different ideas on how to approach something, you know? Obviously like, ours is right, guys. Obviously, <laughs> We've done the research, okay? It's like, who when wins? It comes, when it comes to anything academic or um, competitive sportive, that's him. I'm like, I don't know what the right decision is for like how to like with your schooling, because I mean, I never learned, I never did it, but him and his siblings all became very successful and they did well in school. So I, I really don't know how to help you there. But, um, you know, the other thing is, is that our podcasts have show notes that are uh, like from the common parent show notes are really short and it can be just sort of like, just read this, have a look. And mm. like, if you're interested, it's a really short podcast to listen to. And it is all focused on tween teen and tween adolescence starts at nine. So just so you all know, that's when the behaviors actually begin oh, yeah. to ramp up. Everyone's different, but yeah. everyone thinks they have like till 13, nine or 10 is when you'll begin to see this, um, like not all the time, but you'll begin to see kind of like, ew, grow, you're breathing. Can you not eat like that? What's wrong with you? You'll begin <laughs> to get the, um, yes. disgust, the stank face when you walk into a room, like, oh, she's stank here. Every face. time I pick her up, I'm like, I'm not, I said to her, I said, I'm not picking you up anymore because every time I pick you up, you're horrifically upset to see me she's like tamin oh tamin she's taking out her frustration oh my god in the day when she had to be polite oh we also when you become a member you get a journal and then you get prompts weekly that are like a safe place where they can tell you anything and you can connect with them really easily tamin your daughter will need the journal because I, I think it's a validation because you can live in conflict. You can live here constantly, mm. like as uh, in that world. And that's not where you want to be. I remember picking up though, my kids from school and it was like, no. I had been, I had been mean to them all day. All day. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. How dare you make them go there no, to that place? Like, like so mad and rude. And I'm like, I have not seen you in what six. It wasn't. Hours. Me. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't when I wait, I'm always like, "Hi, I brought your snacks. I just made you muffins." And just the other day, she goes, "Ew, I hate it." And yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> "So she's she's nine. So she's, she's, normal. She's, she's normal. She's normal. She's normal." Wait, she's there. dare dare I say that it happens even earlier? Because I think I'm already seeing glimpses yes. of that. You know, yes, earlier. Like I have sure. a seven year old who's there. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, my daughter was definitely early in yeah. everything like that. 
My son, and I though. Think yeah, girls, I think it's girls. harder also when you have mm-hmm. other kids. Like they say, "Who's your favorite kid?" And I always used to this running joke of like, "Whichever one is nice to me." And then your second kid is just everything is like whatever you want. Like, and I know that that's not the best sometimes in the long run. But she dresses herself. She'll anything that I eat, I just have to make a little bit more of. I never have to make a new meal. She'll eat everything that I eat. She tells me at at eight o'clock at night, she says, it's, it's time for bed. You need to put me down right now. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's just so it's just, it's nothing. I was like, oh, this is why people have that as a first kid and keep having kids. (laughs) This is the easiest, like there's never, never an issue. And it's like right there with you. And I have to say though, the one that was my first one, the daughter who was so, so, so challenging for so long. Like people always say, like, if they give you a really hard time when they're younger or they're really hard babies, it'd be better. I, she's actually like, it has leveled off. She's yeah. in no way a perfect like 14 year old, but the leveling off of that like craziness that was so intense and difficult. It's like kind of normal now, but you're more normal too. Exactly. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've had some very experience true. under your belts, right? Yeah. I've chilled out for sure. She took, she took up a lot of focus and I, I think she loved that. <laughs> like it was a good time for her. She really <laughs> laid it on for all of us. And then the second one just sat there silently. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, we gotta, you gotta watch out for that one. Yeah, that's the one you gotta watch out for. The quiet ones. Like, mm. Shit, I, I've never. I I, w- I would like a quiet one if you have uh, just a quiet. <laughs> maybe wow. maybe you could uh, borrow a Tamma. Yes, yeah, Roxy right? has a quiet one, which I'm like that must be bliss. Like, which is so is weird. Like? I'm like, how did I get a quiet one when my husband and I are both so like, yeah. you know, maybe you, a- you need her. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. I know we're going to hop over to your show now, but um, Ooh. it's always like, I forget that we're actually on a podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so good. I'm know. just like, so we, I, and if I ever come to, I was supposed to do a movie in Canada. So I was like, Ooh, well, so you guys, but um, now I'm going to Australia, but next I'm, I'm manifesting oh, next bad. year mm-hmm. that I'll be in Canada. We can say hi. And your guys next LA trip. I mean, come on ladies. Yes. Okay. A phone call okay. and get something going. Okay. Let's get to Mm-hmm. Or Nashville, because yeah. I'm there. Or maybe we do a girls, we do a girls meetup somewhere. I love it. I love it. They're like, like, we love it. Will never happen. We're too busy. We have seven kids, <laughs> but we'll pretend. I mean, yeah. let's um, make maybe. it happen. I'm putting it out there. We're it's gonna. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So, and where can everyone find you? I'm sure they already know, but just we're, let them know again. We're literally at C A T A N D N A T. And for all parents out there, go to the common parent to find out more about that. We have our catnet unfiltered podcast for on Instagram TikTok, that you're going to be on now. Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. Amazing. Thanks guys yeah. so much. Please rate, subscribe and comment. Um, we are women on top official on Instagram and women on top podcast on Facebook. And we're heading over to their podcast next. Yes. So, so go, go come follow us. There. And Love I am Tamin Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are women on the song's about to care, ladies. Top. Uh. Thank you.